Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. about born identity and you know we're on the topic right now of revelation knowledge this is like oh Julie do you want to preach on something that's really close to your heart oh yeah okay I will it's like revelation knowledge revelation to me is like what I live out of what I breathe out of what I've always lived out of since the very first time that I saw Jesus Christ and he came to live in my life and through revelation he was revealed to me. Through revelation I was found. Through revelation we were connected and through revelation every day of my life I live in his presence, hearing his voice and being guided by the steps of the Holy Spirit. Revelation knowledge tells you who you are. Revelation knowledge tells you who God is and revelation knowledge gives you a heart and a compassion to see the heart of other people. And God wants us to have that kind of revelation knowledge. In Ephesians 1.17, here's Paul and he's praying for the church of Ephesus. He's crying out for the church of Ephesus. And when a pastor cries out for his church, he usually cries out for the most important thing that they need right then. And Paul's crying out for the church of Ephesus and he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. Paul was saying, I can teach you all the stuff. I can do Bible studies with you. I can talk till the cows come home. We can sing lots of songs. We can go to lots of connect groups. You can carry a big fat black Bible around and say hallelujah, amen, as much as you want. But unless you have Wisdom and revelation, unless it's real to you, unless it's so tangibly real that you could smell it, touch it, feel it, it's in every essence of your fiber of your being, unless it's real to you, it's just religion. And you can become religious even as a beautiful Christian, you can get religious real quick. You know how to do the stuff. You know how to look like a Christian. You know how to talk like a Christian. You know how to walk like a Christian. You know how to read your Bible. You know how to pray. But something inside you has died inside. It's that fresh revelation of that relationship, that presence of Jesus that's right there, right there, face to face, his breath upon your breath. His eyes looking into your eyes. His hand touching your face, stroking your hair. His voice whispering, you are my beloved. I love this about you. 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 I've watched you your whole life. Psalm 139 says, he knew all the days of our life were written in his book before one of them came to pass. And every day, Father God has his book in heaven. And he's, he's reading your story that he's written for you. 
And every day, the angels are crying out. Jesus is interceding at the right hand of the Father. And the whole of heaven is praying, Oh God, please let them seek me so that they may read what I have written and walk in the steps that I have set before them in revelation knowledge for their lives, for their families, for their situations. The word wisdom in this verse from the Greek word is sophias. It's an old Greek word that was used to describe insight or wisdom, listen, that was not naturally attained. Wisdom or insight that is not naturally attained. In other words, this is not natural human wisdom that Paul was crying out for, that his people needed. This is special insight. And then the word revelation, he says we need wisdom, we need special insight that cannot be be got from normal human means. How many times do we just run around in circles, we're in situations in our lives, and we just go, oh, why does this keep happening to me? And I wish my life was better, and I wish I had that job, and I wish I had another wife, and whatever it is. Wish my kids, you know. But if we would, if we would come and ask for the spirit of wisdom, would you give me the spirit of special insight? How do I pray for this situation? How do I make my job better? How do I love my wife more? How do I get my kids, God, into your presence? How do I get peace in my home? Give me insight, God. I want to know what job should I be doing? What should I be? What's my destiny? What's my purpose? Give me insight, God. And then the word revelation is from the word apocopolopolosis. Anyway, it's a good word. It sounds like a Greek restaurant, actually, doesn't it? Apocalypsis. Anyway, for those scholars out there, you can interpret it when you hear the podcast. It refers to something that has been veiled or hidden for a long time. And then suddenly, almost instantaneously, becomes clear and visible to the mind's eye. Revelation. Something that has been veiled or hidden for a long time. It's like pulling the curtains out of the way so you can see what has always been just outside your window. It's like in our lives we live in a room and we have windows all around the room of our home of our heart, and we just keep the curtain shut the whole time, and we're complaining, oh, if life was better for me, it seems so dark, it seems so dismal, and oh, if I could only see, and all the time, the Spirit of God is saying this, open the curtains, open the curtains, because right behind those curtains is a view that you'd never dreamed of. Right behind those curtains is a view that you've never looked at, but it's always been there, but the curtains have hidden it. And God has things for you behind the curtains, for your life, for your marriage, for your workplace, for your children, for your own spiritual health. But you keep the curtain shut. Imagine what's waiting for us if we could get into the zone of wisdom and revelation, the now word of God, 
the now word of God. Faith does not come by hearing, but hearing by the word of God, the now word of God, not the yesterday word of God, not yesterday's encounter, not yesterday's, not last Sunday's little you know romp with Jesus on the altar. No, today, the revelation that is fresh from heaven for you right now, and we ring our friends and we run around and we try and ask people, what do you think I should be doing? What do you think? No, no, no. And we get on the phone and we oh, no, no. We don't do that phone anymore, do we do that? No, no, no. We might send text messages to 10 people. Oh, we put it on Facebook. My life stinks. I'm over it. Keep this same thing keeps happening to me. No, put all that away and get with God and find that place. Do you remember, do you remember the very first time that you found Jesus? Do you remember that moment, like with my friend at the dining room table or my my beautician this week? She thought she was just going to touch up my eyelashes and wax my eyebrows. And as soon as she locked that door, I've been praying, worshipping all the way there just because I wanted to be in God's presence. And I was just like, worshipping God. And I was just like, oh, I wish I didn't have to go to the beautician I'm having. I'd rather drive to the beach and be with you, God. Anyway, I've got this appointment. And I go in there and this girl I've never had before, you know, and I'm just laying on the table. She's waxing my eyebrows and stuff. She says, something about you, Julie. There's just, I don't know what it is. I said, oh, well. Now, I could just go, well, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm weird and whatever. No. And, you know, you've got to get the revelation knowledge from God. What does she need to hear? Does she need to hear a typical, oh, well, you know, I'm a Christian and Jesus Christ is Lord and if you believe that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But does she need to hear that or does she need to hear something that God knows is the key to her heart? And I just said to her, oh, yeah, there is something unusual about me. I can see the future. She said, what? I said, yeah. She said, God shows me people's destinies. And the key word dropped in. She said, I always felt in my life that I've never fulfilled my destiny. I've always felt like there's something missing. Julie, do you believe in angels? She said, absolutely. I believe in angels. Oh, she said, well, she's my little boy years ago when one of my aunties died. She said that an angel came to give us a message to say that Arnie was in heaven and she'll be fine and not to worry about her. Do you think that's real? I said, absolutely, I do. I said, your little boy's probably got insight to see too, like me, a gift from God. You need to find out more about that. Yeah, I always thought I should take my kids to church. I said, I think you should take your kids to church. You see, now she's hungry. She's wanting more. She can't wait for my next appointment because she's going to ask me some more. I can feel it. I can feel there's hunger building inside of her that, Oh, when's Julie booked in again? Like, God. You know, my mother at the age of, I think, 68 took up Avon because she wanted to get inside people's houses so she could lay hands on the sick and preach the gospel. And old, little old ladies would buy one lipstick, one lipstick, and mum would be in that house with that little old lady for two hours. Oh, I've made your scones, dear, and I've made your cup of tea. Tell me more about this Jesus, you know. And she'd be laying hands on them, and they'd be getting healed, they'd be getting encounters with God, you know. This is living in it. 
living in that revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you getting my drift? Remember when you, maybe it's happened to you recently, but do you remember the last time that you were reading the Bible and a scripture just went whack? You just went, oh my, I haven't seen that before. It's like living in me. I've got to write it down. I've got to highlight it. I've got to put it on my fridge. When's the last time that revelation come jumping out of you where you're in that place where actually the word of God becomes alive and living and active inside of your heart? We need to stir ourselves up again. We need to stir ourselves up for the sake of the world. Burn like a fire in me, God. For the sake of the world. It's no longer, it's no longer just about us. It never has been about us. You know, we can't just be your average Christians anymore. We have to live in the place that we've been given privilege to live in. You know, in the Old Testament, the presence of God was in the Holy of Holies. And, and in the Holy of Holies was like, you'd, you'd have to go through quite a few rooms to get into the back, like just say the drum kit is the Holy of Holies. And there'd be a huge curtain that separated the Holy of Holies. Like it was, I think, how thick was it? One foot thick and 60 foot tall and 30 foot wide. I'm not talking about a little curtain here. And the presence of God would be behind that curtain. And the only person, the only people that could come in and, and be in the presence of God and, uh, and offer sacrifices for the sins of the people were the priests. And the priests had to go through a year of cleansing and this and all these rituals to actually even go in there. Because God is so holy that when we separated from God, when we sinned, Adam and Eve in Genesis sinned and separated from God, God could no longer look at us without killing us. So he had to make a way that he could hide himself behind this curtain, behind this veil, so that he didn't hurt us. If he looked at us, we'd just drop dead because of our sin. But praise be to God, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world, the one and only sacrifice for all mankind, hung on a cross, In Hebrews, we read about that he was the sacrifice, the atonement of our sin, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, hung on the cross for all sin, for all time, for all mankind, for all generations. And he said these words, It is finished. And as soon as he said those words, This curtain, 60 foot tall, 30 foot wide, one foot thick, was ripped from the very top right down to the very bottom. God ripped open the curtain, ripped open the veil between him and man and said, through the precious blood of my son, I can come now to my people and embrace them again. I can look into their eyes. I can speak with them as a man speaks with his own friend. I can converse with them. I don't need a priest in between us to get to me. I can go directly to my people. I can love my people like Misha said, like the the father and the prodigal son standing there with his arms open. I've paid the price. I sent my only son to die as an atonement for your sin. Then come freely. The Bible says that we can freely come 
into the presence of God. We can freely come before the throne of grace because of the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no more curtains. There are no more curtains. So why do we live behind them? So here I am, I'm preaching to you, but there's a curtain that separates us. It's like, I could put my fingers over here on my nose and just let you know that, you know, I'm in here, I'm here. But there's a curtain that separates. What would it be like to be in relationship with a person that's always behind a curtain? But that's how we live with God. We put him back behind here. And we stand in front of the curtain and God's behind the curtain and we just say, oh God, if only I wasn't a sinner. If, I, if only I didn't do that stupid thing this week. And I can't go, I can't go near you. I can't come into your presence. I, and we have, we, we make a curtain again. We make our own curtain. The curtain was removed. The veil was torn in two. But we produce our own. Because why? Because we're religious in nature. Because we want to hide from God again. We don't believe that we're loved. We don't believe that we have an identity as a child of God, so we stay behind here. Then, this, this, see, because we have this belief of ourselves that we're not worthy to come into his presence because we don't understand our own identity, because we haven't spent time and he hasn't whispered into our ears beautiful things about who we are and how unique we are. Do you know this? Now, I know you've heard it a million times before, probably, but I mean, really hear it with Revelation today. There is no one like you ever, ever, has been, ever, ever, will be. You are a completely unique person, ever. That God God didn't just go, well, that was a good model. We might make another one of those when she's dead, you know. Like, she's dead, but that was a good model. Like, let's just make another. No, none. I'm talking like from the beginning of time until the end of time, every human being that's ever lived on this earth, there has never been another one the same as you. You are completely unique. And it's our uniqueness that we have to discover. It's our identity in Christ that we have to discover. We're not robots. We're not a religious system. We're not studying the word of God so that we can all walk like this and look the same. We have have an identity in Christ. You see my identity? It's in Christ. (laughs) See, my identity in Christ. My identity in Christ. No one's like me. Thank God. It would be a really colourful world if there was a lot of me. It's my identity. See, he wants to transform me by revelation knowledge to the original, back to the original. I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Every day of your life was written in my book before one of them came to pass. I know every hair that's on your hair. I know when you wake. I know when you sleep. I sit on your bed. I watch you. I know you, I know you, I know you, I know you, I know you. And then we try and be something else. Well, if I just act like this, I'll please God. If I could just have hair like Pastor Phil, I'll please God. He, he doesn't want another one of Pastor Phil. 
He made you. He wants you. And he wants you without this. So, number one, revelation knowledge is understanding who we are, who we are in Christ without the veil. Now, the thing is this. If we walk around with a veil between us and God, then what happens when you go and sit at opposite the table at a beautiful girl that wants to know Jesus Christ? Oh, you know, Jesus is awesome. He's just all, can't you see him? Can't you feel him? I mean, he's just awesome. I mean, you know, there's a bit of a veil between me and him, but, you know, surely you can feel through the veil. And we come out from behind the veil in revelation knowledge and we become real, unreligious revelatory people who live and breathe. I was with him this morning. I know that he loves you because he told me so. And when we meet with people, when we talk to people, when we say, you should be witnessing. Oh, I suppose I should tell someone about Jesus this week. But gee whiz, I don't even know who he is myself. You know when you've been with him and you're just so bubbling with excitement because, you know what, I'm in love. You know when you're in love, you want to tell everybody about it. When he's healed your body, when he's delivered you, when he's answered your prayers. Anybody seen the war room prayer, the war room movie? Two of us. Oh, my God, three, three. Amazing. I'm telling you, I said to Pastor Phil, we need to get that movie. We need to play it in church and have a movie night. If you get a chance to go see it, go see it. It's amazing. And it just goes, it shows you if you would get into your prayer room and start to war for things over your lives instead of giving in and giving up. If you just get with God and hear his word for your situation, things begin to change. Things begin to change. You know, if you lead your children to God, they'll never stray from it. How many times have I felt there had been something coming against my children? Now people say to me, how come your girls are so amazing? All your girls are so amazing and they're in church and your son-in-laws are in church and your grandkids are in church and they're all following God and they're all so amazing. You don't see the battles that I've fought in my closet for those kids. Because of the revelation, because I chose to live outside of the curtain, because the, 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 the curtain has been rent in two that I can boldly come before the throne of grace and I can get on my knees before God and I can say, God, you know, Jessica. There was a time, Evan. There was a time. Oh, Mom, I don't know. I love God, but I don't know about the church. And a lot of people hurt me in church. And I don't know. I'm going to go and travel for six months and try and find myself. Oh, six months, her mama's on her knees. God. Let her find you when she's looking for herself. Let her, let her have a revelation of who she is, her identity, her personality in Christ. Let her see her destiny and her purpose in you. God, you know, and she'd just come home from overseas. I'd go, how was it? And she'd go, I don't know. I didn't really find what I was looking for. I think it's, I think it's right here. I think it's right in this church. Actually, I love this church. These people are my family. You know, yes, oh, really? It's great. 
because I live outside of a veil. Amen. Revelations 22, 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, first and the last, the beginning and the end. God knows every day of your life. He is in your life. Hallelujah. Isaiah 30, verse 21 says, You will hear a voice behind you telling you when to turn right, when to turn left. To live in that revelation place. There's an old song that says, What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. I think what the world needs right now is real love. Real people. Real Christians who have been with Jesus and who have heard his voice as fresh as this morning and who walk into places like beauticians and people go, what is it about you? There's something about you that's different. When you talk to me, I feel like you're answering questions that I've asked my whole life. Amen? We've got work to do. Who likes X Factor? Okay, I'm guilty. I love it. X Singer, what can you do? I have to watch it. Oh, I stay up in the night, 1 o'clock in the morning, watch it because he hates it. And he says, oh, shut that screaming up, you know, because they go, oh, when he screams and he just, I have to turn it down every time it screams. Like, you know, they're getting towards where they're just choosing the final 12. And there was a guy on there who was just like such a great singer. And he'd been singing for a long time. He was professional. But he'd been singing at weddings. He was a wedding singer. And, um, you know, great singer. But every time he sang, I would just think to myself, there's no connection. There's no connection. And when he got through, they got through to the final 12 and they were picking the final 12 and he got, you know, to the place, nearly to the final 12. And... And the guy who was going to be his coach sat down with him and said, look, you're an amazing singer. You've had a lot of experience, but there's no connection. There's no connection when you sing with the people. There's... And the guy just honestly put his head down and he said, I know what it is. I've been singing so long to people that don't really care. I've been singing at weddings to people that don't really listen don't really appreciate my gift, I've lost my passion. I've comp- it's, I know what I have to do. I have to go find my passion again. And he was crying, you know. And I wonder if that's like you too, you know. You've been, you know, so many times I've gone before the throne of grace and I've, I've wanted to hear from God and I've been disappointed and I've lost my passion to go there. Or I wonder if it's like... You know, you have a song to sing, which is a word. It's a, a revelatory word for people. You, you used to feel for people. You used to have a heart for them. But you've, you've talked to so many people that have just rejected Christ, didn't want to know anything about it, that you've actually lost your heart for it. You lost your passion. We need to find our passion again. Because you can be the greatest singer in the whole world, Amen. But if you don't have that connection, you want me to tell you what the X factor is? The X factor is the ability to communicate from a real place to real people and make a transaction. That's the X factor. And you have the ability to be that voice. You have the ability to get before the throne of grace and kick that veil away 
and stand your ground. Say, there is no veil, there is no curtain that separates me from God. Because of the blood of Jesus, not by my own righteousness, by the blood of Jesus, I am worthy to stand right before the throne of grace. I'm worthy to look into the eyes of my Father and see my Father's arms embrace me. I am worthy to carry the beauty of his gospel message and go out and spill beauty on this world. That's what I have in Christ Jesus. That's who I am in Christ Jesus. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.